Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello. And well, I don't know why I started like that. And welcome again to a special episode of Fresh Hop Cinema, wherein we are close to Oscar season, trying to cover as many movies as possible. I, Max Minardi, am in Reno for work. Uh, Johnny Summers is in Chico, also for work. So I am joined for the second time by my friend Kevin Andy Stamps. Hello. We are covering a film called Parasite. It's been making all sorts of rounds uh, in the movie community. You've probably heard of it. Chances are you might not have seen it if you didn't catch it. And it's a very limited release. Uh, that it made across the United States, uh, unless you're from somewhere else. It also made it through Canada, some parts of Europe. It was from Korea, South Korea, obviously. Um, so it made it there too. I doubt that you are listening uh, if you're in South Korea, because I don't think our fan base is that wide. If you are, we're so glad to have you. And thank you. Um, so if you have not heard a uh, previous episode with Kevin, it was The Lighthouse. We covered that movie. We talked a bit about who you are. Um, not listener, Kevin, who you are. That's me. <laughs> um, and I just wanted to catch up. I know we've been catching up a little bit before we started today. We're, uh, what time is it today now? 11.30. I got, I'm a little happier this time. We actually have you know drinks to review. You mentioned it. Uh, you mentioned last time that you have expected me to have a lineup of beer. Um, sorry, I'm going to say that too. Usually this is a craft beer and movie podcast. We're just doing a movie today. Um, my other disclaimer is that we're not going to spoil Parasite until the second half of the show. So if you haven't seen it, don't worry. I should say that. I should also say, I suppose, that you can reach us on social media as I got to get all this house keeping stuff uh, at fresh hop cinema email us at fhccast at gmail.com or check out our website freshhopcinema.com or give us money at patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema or all of the above just or all the above um don't look for kevin <laughs> you doesn't can. want to be you found <laughs> on social media there's ways um anyways all that to say you said you have expected me to have beers lined up last time and I didn't. I feel like it's part of the title, you know, Fresh Hop Cinema. It is indeed. So it's, so it's almost like a tragedy to not review. Right. So today I got us Bloody Marys. It's a good, it's doesn't a good really secondary help, option. But uh, it figured it's morning time, um, barely. Uh, what is today, Tuesday? It's, uh, yeah. It is. Yep. Uh, yeah. Um, so we're just going to be sipping a Bloody Mary when we talk about this movie and water and coffee. So we've got our uppers, our downers, and our uh, regulators, maybe water would be. Mm, yeah. Balancers. Uh, okay. Do you want to jump right in or do you want to, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we, a I lot feel of like stuff. we can. I mean, uh, this is a movie I feel like one, I'm actually curious about like how this movie did overall, like globally. Sure. So one, this is an incredibly well-made film. One that yeah. you should go see, honestly. It's just tough to find. I mean, so I've seen it twice at this. Um, yeah. Twice. Now you've seen it once. Um, mm-hmm. Do me a tiny favor and shift your mic like to there. To here. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. Um, okay. Well, okay. Before we start then. What is new with you? Is there anything in that? Because we recorded about a month ago. Um, I like I like that you bring me in for the tough films. Sure, like these are <laughs> these are the films that I probably wouldn't go see on my own. Mm-hmm. The casual viewer might not see on their own, but both of them were very much worth it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important. The reason I chose this one in particular was and and Lighthouse is that there's enough there to talk about for a full hour or so. Um, whereas something like uh, I'm trying to think of what we've done recently. Uh, I don't know. Like a John Wick is like. You know what you didn't do is Frozen Two. Very disappointing. We really talked about it. Uh, Johnny really liked Frozen. Loved Frozen One. That's fine. With you, me. you and your wife are, are like into Gianna 
loves it. <laughs> we, I don't. I remember <clears throat> driving in Chico, yeah. listening to Disney songs. Yeah, it's all guys. it's all that happens. And, in and our there house. was melodies and harmonies. Yes, not from the radio. In my brain, I just heard smellities, and I thought you were <laughs> tying it into this movie, and it made me really happy. I realize you probably just you said melodies. Um, you're ready to get into the content. Yeah, no, Gianna loves Disney. Everybody in my periphery loves Disney. I don't. It's fine. It's fine. I think maybe they own too much stuff. I've never gotten into the musical film yeah. genre. What I is mean, that called? Musicals? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The animated musical thing, I, I know that Frozen is good. Yeah. I'm not denying that. I think the songs are great. Story's fine. I just, I don't care. You know? Yeah. I wish I did. Yeah. Um, I like the stories. They're good. I think I think musicals actually have really good stories. Sweeney Todd, for example, mm-hmm. great story. I love La La Land. But then they break the story with a three, you know, minute mm-hmm. song. You just don't like it? It doesn't work for it, you? It takes me out of the moment. I yeah, I think you got to redefine your moments because you like if you know you're going into a musical, it'd be a different thing if like in Parasite we had a musical number that broke out. What does that remind me of? Uh, that happened in a movie that should not have been. Oh, it was uh, The Shape of Water. There was a random musical I montage. Uh, Guillermo del Toro, uh, like two years ago. Oh, I did see it, and I don't remember the musical. It's very strange, but what it kind of the worked. musical. Uh, three quarters of the way in, it cuts to black and white. It's this kind of fantasy sequence. Hmm. Really interesting, but a specific choice. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it can work, actually. Who knows? Well, it did, it did for that one, I yeah, guess. I that was so. a great movie. So Yeah, people really liked it. Although I'm, I might have actually fast-forwarded it. You watched it at home or something? I've actively done that. I've, mm, you shouldn't when, do that. Whenever they start saying, I'm like, this this could be oh. this could be skipped. Okay. Well, I didn't them, do I it for La La Land. I enjoyed the music, and I guiltily downloaded a lot of the songs on it's podcast. A, I have, a, I have the album Spotify. on vinyl. Yeah, it was it's a great, great album. album. Yeah. Great album. All right. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good point of agreement. I think we can move forward with. Yeah. Uh, okay. Right. Parasite. There are houses on hills and houses underground. There's plenty of sun, but it isn't for everybody. There are people grateful to be slaves and people unhappy to be served. There are systems that we're born into, and they create these lines that cannot be crossed. And we all convinced ourselves that there really isn't anything to be done. That is a partial review from a guy named Philbert Dye from uh, Letterbox Community. Somebody that I snagged his thoughts on because I really enjoyed them. Um, anyways, that was a little bit about Parasite. It's the latest from Korean filmmaker Bong Joon-ho. This film portrays the Park family, the picture of aspirational wealth, and the Kim family, rich in the street smarts, but not much else. Be it fate or chance, these two houses are brought together, and the Kims sense a golden opportunity. Masterminded by college-aged Ki-woo, the Kim children expediently install themselves as tutor, art therapist, driver, housekeeper to the parks, and soon a symbiotic relationship forms between the two families. The Kims provide indispensable luxury services, while the parks obliviously bankroll their entire family. Uh, That's all I'm going to say plot-wise, because I think it's a good movie to go into blind if you can. Without yeah, more than that. I, I actually don't know. Uh, I went in blind mm-hmm. for context. Uh, a lot of my friends went and saw this movie. Uh, big film buffs that love seeing all the uh, art and cinema films, especially Lighthouse, they raved about, um, more films like that. When I heard it was a foreign film in subtitles and called Parasite, I assumed it was going to be one of those creepy horror films, and I never bothered looking into it any more beyond that. Right. Uh, and then, you know, we'd been talking about doing this podcast for a while and a bunch of my friends, specifically one that I really look up to in film said, you have to see this movie. Yeah. Uh, so finally I went and saw it without really looking up what genre it was, without, you know, getting an idea on what it was about, anything. Did you know who Bong Joon-ho was, the director at this point? 
I watched Snowpiercer, and I know he he's been raved about as a director. Did you know that was him going to see this movie? Or did you find out? I, after did, you saw- I didn't know it was him, but his name didn't really, okay. you know, sell me on whether sure. or not I should see it. Like the average moviegoer, like say, yeah, okay. If you are someone who loves Marvel films, you probably haven't heard his name either. Yeah, you know? sure. I like how Marvel's just used. It's the, the bar. You are you are a classic <laughs> film goer. Yeah, right. Is the average. Uh, so going into it, I was expecting a horror thriller. Uh, that's very slow. That's common in, in foreign yeah. horror, you know? Uh, when I started watching it, I was laughing a lot the first half of the movie, and I just I just immediately threw out the, the horror genre altogether and said, this is this is a comedy. I misread it altogether. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 I actually thought it was almost like an Ocean's Eleven heist film because you have this family infiltrating the rich family and getting away with all this money in a very comedic way that wasn't really hurting anyone, right? Uh, you know, first half of the film here, uh, and so I walked. Up, so that first half, I was thinking, this is this is a really funny film sure. about how a poor family works its way up into the rich society. Uh, really loved it. You're rooting for everyone. You're really excited about the way the story plays out. There's a couple like comedic you know, thriller moments where they're sneaking around the house and sure. hiding under tables and, and it's very comedic in the way it was played out. And they always get away, you know, on that first part, uh, with, you know, Oh, we're sneaking, Oh, mm. we're grabbing food out of the kitchen, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, so it was very comedic and I was like, this is, this is a very nice light film. Great. And then there's a very specific moment that changes the entire, the movie. entire film. And I actually stopped watching it at that point because I was, I had to look up, okay, is this a, a thriller slash horror? Did it just take a spin on me? Foreign films have a way of doing that and mm. being very genre bending. I know Bong Joon-ho is known for bending genres. So then I looked it up. I, I searched, okay, what genre is this? And it says comedy thriller. So I was right about the first half. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of right about the second half. And it does turn into somewhat of a thriller. It does hold that kind of light comedic, but then brings this whole next layer of, of seriousness to the film. Yeah, fair. That's really eye-opening, and uh, I would I, I wouldn't argue it. I would plainly state this film is about class disparity, straight out. He's not. It's not a subplot. It's not you know hidden within the text. It's very. That's what it is about. Yeah. So again, like we've said the name Bong Joon Ho a couple times. If you haven't seen his other work, he's he's a South Korean filmmaker. Uh, he's did like you mentioned, Kevin Snowpiercer, uh, which was a great movie starring Chris Evans um, and uh, what's his name Ed Harris. Um, check it out. It's on Netflix. Okja is another great one. He did a horror movie kind of called The Host, which I haven't seen. Um, but Parasite was distributed by Neon. They've done just this year Apollo 11, which is one of my favorite movies of 2019. Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which I haven't seen yet. Uh, the Biggest Little Farms. They're putting out a lot of stuff um, with intention. Movies that are made with intention, at least. Uh, Parasite saw its first release at the Cannes Film Festival back in May. Uh, it became the first Korean film to win the Palme d'Or and the first film since 2013 to win that award unanimously, which is pretty cool. It was released wide in America uh, on October 11th, so just a couple months ago for us. I put wide in quotes because it only released at first to three theaters, Hmm. uh, two in Los Angeles, one in New York. Um, But here's the thing. It it made about $375,000 from those three theaters in the first weekend. Oh, wow. Which is about 125 grand at each theater, which, again, like arbitrary numbers if you don't know this stuff, but... If you compare that to like Joker, Todd Phillips movie came out a couple weeks ago that released to 4,300 theaters, not three theaters, 4,300. And it made about $7,000 at each one. 
versus $125,000. All of the screenings were sold out. The Q and A's afterwards were sold out. It was crazy, a huge reception. Um, after it expanded to the largest number of theaters it was in, which was about 600, uh, Parasite has made about 125 million worldwide, which is pretty good. That's really good. Because uh, especially like 600 theaters is n- nothing. This is also a movie that very much is is written with Korean culture in mind. Sure, it's not it's not watered down. It's not diluted to the American you know viewer necessarily. Yeah. And the fact that I'm able to walk into it without much, you know, Korean cultural yeah. heritage, familiarity, anything, uh, and and enjoy it and walk away with, wow, that was a really good film. Uh, you know, walk away with some moral, um, maybe maybe not, but uh, yeah, but, but I mean, like, but maybe like it, it 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 caused me to think, you know, and I and I was entertained by it, and the fact that it's very much a Korean director writing and directing a Korean film. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it did that well globally says that this movie is good. Yeah, at least worth seeing, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a writer at the New York Times named Anthony Scott called Parasite wildly entertaining, kind of smart, generous, aesthetically energized movie that obliterates the tired distinctions between art films and popcorn movies. Bring up Marvel. Um, and I think this stands because we said it with The Lighthouse, too. If, if your favorite movies in the world are Marvel movies, I think you're not going to love this. I don't know. I, I'd actually challenge that. Really? So with Lighthouse, I, I would not recommend any ma- casual moviegoer go see it. It was very much a film for art's sake. Yeah. This film was entertaining. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. Like, I, I think the biggest drawback is the fact that it's in subtitles. So uh, you yeah. have to read the entire film. But the characters are people that I wanted to root for, that I cared about. There weren't any, like, real necessary enemies, you know? Uh, and the story really pulls you along. Like it, it stays in the comedy section for as long as it needs to. And then when the time it does get a little bit more serious, it, it kind of carries you into that very smoothly, yeah. very casually. I would, I would actually relate this to uh, similar Jojo rabbit of how he, he, he balances that fine line really well of comedy and drama um, taking very uh, light content and putting it in a very serious and kind of sad story. I mean, not to rehash all my thoughts on Jojo Rabbit, but I, I think that balance wasn't totally well struck. That's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sorry, man. I just, yeah, I think I think thrilling from that. Where, where Jojo Rabbit, I think, was basically a straightforward comedy, kind of drizzled over obviously heavy subject matter. Um, this, I think, Parasite through and through, at least I would call it, is is just a black comedy. Okay. Um, yeah. There are certainly thrilling elements. There are horror elements. There's all sorts of stuff, but. But I think if you had to boil it down to one thing, I would I would say it's a it's a it's a satire. It's a black comedy or a satire yeah. on like you're saying like class disparity. Um, I'd love to set up a little bit just sort of the the differences between our two families here. Uh, the Kims live in a they call it a semi basement. There's some interesting translation choices here between Korean to English, and some of it doesn't totally make sense. like there's phrases that I don't know. A semi basement makes sense, but I've never heard that. Hmm. Um, so it's sort of you know their house is basically a half level below the ground. Like their windows are at street level and um, they're not well off Yeah, is part of that. What seems interesting about it is usually in film, when you see someone that isn't well off, they're usually miserable. They're usually suffering through it. Sure. They are, uh, I'm thinking of Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory where you have a bunch of old people just sitting in bed kind of complaining about their life and then something good comes along and brings them out of it. And then all of a sudden they're happy. Right. In this story, 
the, the Kim family seems to just be okay with the fact that this is where they are in life. This is, and they're kind of trapped there. There isn't much they can do. They're working their way to like make money. Yeah, but they're trying. They're, 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 they are trying they're to get out trying. of it. I don't think they're but okay it didn't, with it. It didn't feel, yeah, okay is the wrong word, but I think that, that it's, it's very much like this is the class that we are in. Uh, we may or may not get out of it, uh, but it's all about getting food and finding Wi-Fi for them. That's interesting. I was um, I was reading this really interesting article, and I think this will tie into stuff. I think the situation that America is in, uh, in particular with Trump as the president, um, and the people that are considered his base. I was reading this interesting article about how how the mentality of being so anti-immigrant sort of works to elevate his philosophies, and it's this idea of poverty that, for a lot of people, being in poverty is not. Um, it's not a permanent state of affairs. Like you're, you're sort of, you've been, you've been given a a tough hand and you're going to work your way out of it. I feel like that's the difference between, well, most of Eastern culture and Western culture, specifically America. Mm. I was actually thinking about this because we're filming this in a casino of, we have this common mentality in America that at any point we could win the lottery. At any point, someone could see you as a beautiful singer and pull you on a show and all of a sudden you're famous. There's this very common story that we tell in America that says at any point someone can discover you and you will be mm-hmm. a millionaire and odds are it will happen. But the reason that works is because we so easily uh, look down upon poverty. Hmm. It's, it's, it's a shameful thing to be poor in America. And I think it's like sort of the capitalist thing. Like you're supposed to be striving for the, the coolest stuff in the biggest house and whatever. So to be the opposite of that, it's almost impossible to reckon with. And so I think the the ability to like shove off these problems on other people in this case um, makes it a lot easier. Uh, so I think with with the Kims here, I think that it, they look at it more as a transitional thing. Hmm. So they're looking at people around them to be like, how how can we elevate our own position? And that's kind of their whole uh, impetus for doing what they do. Yeah, I feel like though that they didn't really get the the vision of wealth and success until. Th- they felt it sitting in the house drinking whiskey. Yeah, and maybe. Said, oh, we could do this. Imagine mm-hmm. if it was our house. Imagine if this was attainable. Because yeah. at the very beginning, you see them folding boxes, trying to get you know a part time job. Uh, none of them. A lot of them weren't really working, looking for work all that actively. Yeah. He was talking about how he didn't really want to go back to school, and it wasn't actually until that rock showed up. Yep. In the beginning, uh, one of the characters' uh, friends brings a rock into the family and says, "This will bring you good fortune." Yeah. Um, which might be their lottery ticket. I think. Um, to but nit- that's when they kind of started, you know, changing their mind about their situation. It right. Like. To, to nitpick a tiny bit, I think what the rock brings was uh, material wealth. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was good fortune. Oh, and I think wasn't. there's a distinction there. Yeah. I think there's a big focus on on yeah the material stuff. Yeah, good good Thanks. good adjustment there. Um, but yeah, his uh, we're gonna I'm gonna say Kevin because that's the name he ends up taking on. Yeah. But it's the it's the son of the Kim family. His friend Min comes and gives him this rock, and yeah, like you said, it's like here's for your family. Your tides will change. Here you go. I'm going to college, by the way. Can you tutor this girl? Right. And that's how they kind of get a, a foothold into the Park family. Uh, which is a nice transition into this family. We should probably talk about them very briefly. Let's. Uh, Patriarch of the family is a is a. I think he he's does augmented reality. Like there's one scene of him in his office, and it seems like he works in tech and tech and tech. He, yeah, and, he works in tech. He makes uh, a lot of money. Makes a lot of money. Another very capitalist sort of theme there. Uh, and an then exorbitant amount of money. Crazy really. amounts of money. They, they do not. Think not about an issue. Money. Yeah. Uh, they are the kind of rich people that you don't 
most of us are like, that's, that's too much money. You have, that's unattainable. That's way too much. Yeah, yeah. that too. Um, his wife is, uh, is she like a stay at home mom? I didn't oh, yeah. get yeah, the vibe. She's, she's she worked. stay at home. Yeah. It seemed like that. Uh, she's described in the movie delicately as uh, simple. She doesn't seem to have too much um, ingenuity, maybe. She's not very smart. She's not very how, smart. how I think they portrayed her. Yeah. And then there's two kids. There's uh, the young boy and a girl who uh, Kevin starts to tutor. And they're fine. We'll get into their specifics if we need to. Yeah. Um, speaking of cultural stuff that you mentioned, we should touch on that at some point. The uh, the relationship that develops between Kevin and the daughter of the parks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't like maybe that's fine, but in America, I, she seems it's, it wasn't fine. I don't think they did young. it for the sake of it being fine. Okay. So what we're talking about is uh, very early on, yeah. uh, Kevin, uh, the son of the the poor family, goes to tutor. Uh, the daughter of the rich family. Yes. And uh, immediately moves start getting made. I think it was on the romantically, second. Yes. Uh, tutoring session. They're, they're making moves on each other yep. romantically. She's um, making moves on him. She made the first move, but it's then tough. he leaned in to kiss. Yeah, like, that's true. It was very much taking advantage of the situation. I feel like in regards to his age versus hers, mm. I think she was 12 in the film. I don't, 12 yeah. to 15. Cause the, the only time we ever get a reference is when he's getting the job from his friend, Min, Min shows, him a picture, which yeah. is, by the way, is like a pretty clear, like he's already, you can tell Kevin sucks. Yeah. Shows him the picture. He's like, I'm going to ask her out. I really like her. I can leave her with you to tutor because I trust you as my friend. And then, yeah, the second, I think he's kind of flirting with her the first time. Yeah. And then basically tells his parents the same thing. Like, I'm going to, because Min says, sorry to be so dodgy here, says, I'm going to go to college. When she goes to college, I'm going to ask her out properly. Right. And later on, Kevin says that exact same thing. All that to say, she, they are not the same age. She is younger. Yeah, but I, it's and not I mean, really zooming out plot-wise in this, I think you see this theme of the poor family, the one that's destitute, the Kim family here, uh, really just trying to take advantage of every situation they can. And I, yeah. I think there is this kind of theme of you have to be smart out of necessity just to survive. And if you're rich, you don't really have to inconvenience yourself with being smart or street savvy. Totally. You know? I mean, this isn't for all of the layers and metaphors and, and great stuff in this movie that you could delve into the movie or the movie's title at the very least doesn't like parasite. That is them. Like yeah. they, they leech they off of people the whenever they can. Yeah. I mean, you can just tell by their actions, but also that entire first scene where, um, Kim dad flicks that stink bug off. Yeah. Then they get literally get their house fumigated. Like they are bugs. Like they're yeah. not, there's not a fumigation company going around helping people's houses. They're doing it on the street and, Dude's like, just leave the window open. It'll be free for us. But they're he's, they're getting sprayed like bugs. Yep. Uh, and that's First just scene. the theme that just over and over, they just take what they need or what they want. I don't even think it's all the time what they need. They just see openings. They take them. Yeah. Um, I want to see if there's anything else we can talk about or want to talk about without uh, spoiling stuff. I think we'll really jumping in on the class disparity aspect is so important for viewers that are on the fence about seeing this because sure. uh, the film for me was really just kind of a wake up of the way we treat lower class citizens mm. globally. I think that this is, it's a universal issue from Korea all the way to America. Yep. Both can be seen. Um, and really there's this aspect of anytime someone is lower class or even the lowest class. Um, yeah 
there's this, ah, they smell gross. Like if they could just yeah. shower, if they could just fix this thing about them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they're okay, uh, but. Yeah, like there's just something off-putting about them. They smell like boiled radishes, I think was the line. Uh, there was, it, was, it was old radishes in a boiled rag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and it, it makes you feel bad. And I caught myself going back and forth on this, of, of judging the rich family for judging how badly they smell, but mm. also thinking, well, why isn't it that the Kim family just showers, you know, or just uh, washes their clothes better. And and I think that just as, as an issue across the board, like it's very easy to see the lower class and say, if they could just get a haircut, if they could just, mm. you know, take care of themselves a little better. Um, but in one scene in the film, uh, the Kim family is put in this really grave situation where you honestly don't know how they're going to get out of it. And, mm. and uh, it's, it's a big, that's so funny. I'm thinking of like three twist. right now. I'm like, I'm not even sure. But the thing is, is that like survival is, is a common issue every day with this class um, specifically in Korean culture as portrayed in this film. And for people that I think even just middle class, like we don't think about, where we're going to live, whether or not we're going to have a, a, a roof, whether or not yeah. we're going to have food, whether or not we can take a shower and use soap. Like these are very simple, common things that we just trade and use on a regular basis um, where this movie definitely puts you at the front seat of saying, hey, look at the comparison of, yes, exorbitantly rich, yep. but specifically like well off and people that uh, really have no other options. Sure. I so we talked a little bit before we started about um, sort of the two sides of this coin, the moral justification of what happens in this movie and the um, just practical side of it. And I think there's some characters that we meet later in the movie that are sort of a counterpoint in a lot of ways to the Kim's actions mm-hmm. that if we hadn't met, I might've still been on the side of like, there's, they do what they have to do and that's how they have to survive. But these other characters that we meet almost make me question if what they are doing if it's the only way to meet the needs that they have to do. Yeah. And I think probably not. Um, but we can get into that more with spoilery stuff. Um, but back to like what you're saying about sort of the smell and the, di- the differences of how, uh, higher class people look at lowers. There's moments throughout this movie where we have a, a moment of connection, like I'm trying to think of one that isn't, uh, okay. The first one where Mr. Kim is being, um, basically auditioned to be the driver. Mm-hmm. And they set it up in such a way where, where Mr. Park, the, the richer guy, is in the backseat holding a cup of coffee. We got a shot of the coffee, and then we're driving, and Park says, don't worry, this isn't an audition, whatever. And it's like, it clearly is. Yeah. Like, you can act as nice as you want to this guy, and you can try to make him feel or make yourself feel like you're not treating him as an other, but you are. And that comes up a ton in this movie. You'll have this yeah. moment where there's a connection, and then they pull back and like, have you washed your hands today? Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's like this constant reminder that they're always lower than right. the people they're working they're for. They're other than. Yeah. yeah, I like that a lot. Um, and it's a, it's an incredibly strong uh, theme throughout this movie mm-hmm. that sucks. And it does make a lot of this, like, w- by the time the final stuff happens, it's like, I, I get it. Like, yeah. yeah. I think a, a, a American show that's probably an equivalent to this uh, in regards to the way it was shot and, and, and the story it tells is mm-hmm. Atlanta. Uh, specifically the oh, first sure. season. Um, I think 
I don't really want to directly quote this because I don't know for sure, but I think Donald Glover's character says something along the lines of like, I don't have the privilege of morality, you Mm. know, of thinking whether or not I can, it's the right thing to do, uh, which I think came up in conversation before we started recording. But, uh, I think it's, you, you look at this poor family and what they're doing and you are constantly thinking, Oh, but at what cost, but look at all the, 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 the mishaps they're putting on other people. Uh, where for them it's it's I believe it was more out of a matter of survival and less yeah. out of like yeah but is this the right thing to do you know when it comes to eating or or not having a place to live or not getting a paycheck that day like mm-hmm. it's a matter of survival for them and not so much a matter of morality. I would also say that there's a point in this movie where because I guess it's tough to talk about without giving stuff away, but um, no, I'm gonna <laughs> save it. I'm gonna save it. I can't do it. <laughs> Uh, right. start if you that. want to hear more, yeah, I think that's where we're. If about. you're not sold on the film yet, yes, uh, we are going to start spoiling it. We're going to go into the danger zone. Do you want to do a rating before? I do because we didn't do it last. We time. didn't do it last time. <laughs> um, okay, so I then want to touch on I, again. I've seen it twice. Yeah, the first time, I think I'm going to double check so I'm consistent with my first rating. Um, but I logged it in my letterbox, so I'm going to pull it up. So in fact, Kevin, why don't you rate it first? Okay, uh, rating for this film. I did this for the last film. I, I kind of want to make it a. I don't want to make it a commonality, but I feel like I do because this is a Korean film. One rating, uh, what, how well oh, yeah, this yeah. film was we made. We did rate the last one. How yeah. well we did. I think we did it in the spoilers. Zone Maybe, though, yeah. So, you know, you might not have heard it. Sure. But uh, I like to rate on regards to how well it was made. Did the director set out and do what he did? You know, was the acting well? Just in regards to how well was this done? Uh, yeah. And then the watchability factor. Because at the end of the day, as it stands right now, films are made for, you know, the purpose of, you know, can we watch it? Sure. Will you start it and finish it and, and have somewhat of an enjoyable mm-hmm. or thoughtful experience? Uh, so rating super well done. And I feel like, okay, I should clarify. I never give movies high reviews. I just don't. I mm-hmm. think most movies today are trash, Okay, uh, <laughs> which is probably why I didn't even want to see this movie. Cause I just assumed it was going to be trash? trash, Jojo uh, rabbit or nothing for you. <laughs> uh, On repeat. But uh, here we are again. I think it's just a really good year for film. This is a really well done film. As I said before, uh, globally, this film was well it destroyed. Uh, it, it just was so well received. Yeah. Uh, so I have to give it a good review specifically because I feel like the story was well produced. It was really funny when it needed to be funny. It was really serious and very dramatic when it needed to be dramatic. Yeah. Uh, and I think the overall intent of the film was received. The actors did a really good job. Yeah. I felt sorry for them. I laughed with them. I got excited when they were excited. I was nervous when they were nervous. I was very much put in their shoes, despite the fact that I'm literally reading what they're saying in subtitles. And so- mm-hmm that just goes to show how well they did in this film because I cared about characters that uh, would otherwise be very hard to relate with. Uh, So I would say in regards to how well the film was produced, there was a little bit of a lull in when it was still in the first half where I felt like, okay, where's this film going? Partly on my fault because I I didn't know honestly where it was going. You shouldn't have to. You shouldn't have to know where it's going. So I'm not going to give it too much of an excuse on that, which is the biggest like drop I would give is it just took a while to set up. And so I think that's, it gives it a little bit of a ding for that. So I would rate it around an 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. Okay. Pretty good. My first review, I wrote, look, this was good. And I didn't really love it. It demands a rewatch and I gave it three and a half stars. So seven out of 10. Okay. Now I've watched it again. You know, yeah. Sorry. It's not, okay. not three and a half out of 10. Um, and I like it a lot. 
I think it's the same thing you're saying. I think it's a great, I disagree with the lull thing. Um, I think if anything, that lull, if I'm thinking of the same thing you are, is sort of the big breath before the plunge kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, I think the pacing was great. The comedy works when it's supposed to. I've never hated a banana as much as I have <laughs> as I did at a scene in this movie. It, it, I was like laughing, but cringing. I was horror laughing yeah, at a couple yeah. points. Uh, there's a scene where uh, hmm, the uh, person gets, oof, this is tough. Gets, no. There's a scene where I laughed really hard and then I was like, ooh, yeah. oh, no. That actually happened. Yeah, um, and it, it toes that line between sort of letting you breathe and then like, just crushing you yeah. with with whatever it's trying to do. It does it really well, whether it's like suspense or horror or um, just the blatant, horrible realization that people can be terrible and that's just how they are. All this stuff is great. Performances are great. Um, it leaves you feeling the way that it's, I think it wants you to, which uh, is not to say that this is the most enjoyable movie I've ever seen, right. but I think that's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to actually give it, uh, I'm going to go with a nine out of 10. All right. Yeah. So it's really, really like my only thing is I don't, I'm not going to put this on. I don't think I don't want to see it again anytime soon necessarily. I'm actually looking forward to seeing it again, but I've only seen it the one see time. See it the second time. Oh, the second time through, man, you catch so much yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to watch it again. I think it's coming out. We were going to say January 14th. January 14th. So, you know, if you're looking for it, you already missed it in theaters, but yep. go rent it. Oh, I, I, this is actually a question I want to ask you. Yep. Who would you show this movie to just in your life? Like, hey, do you want to watch a good film? Totally. Someone comes to mind, you sit them down, you're watching it next to them. And I mean, not I, falling asleep to it. Yeah. I think part of seeing this, especially with the format of watching movies at home, I, I have a hard time with this because it's, it's so easy to put something on for 10 minutes, decide you're not into it and change it hmm. and then put on the office for the thousandth time. So the home viewing format makes this tougher than just naming somebody. Because if we're like who I would take to the theater to watch this, any number of people. Yeah. But I, th- I think basically you could show this to anybody that's committed to wanting to see a movie and watch it all the way through. I think it's way more accessible than The Lighthouse, like you're saying. Yeah. Not as accessible as a Jojo Rabbit type movie, um, nor in the same vein necessarily. Not at all, I would say. But um, – I would say that's probably a bad comparison, just to clarify. Yeah, you, that's probably right. I said it more in regards to the director making a point to you know do both multi-genre. Yeah, totally. In, in regards to the fact that they're both multi-genre, I think they did that well. Fair. That's the only thing they have in okay. common. Okay, they're funny. <laughs> that's something. Um, no, I think it's it's an it's an unusual original movie. So if you're a person that likes that sort of thing, yeah, watch it. I mean, if you haven't seen Snowpiercer or Akja. Both are movies that I consider great. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a really, really, really strong case, and hear me out, since you brought it up, uh, that Snowpiercer is a sequel to Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Ooh, interesting. There's a great video essay. I can give you the link if you want Please it. Please do. It's I'm, the, I'm it's the most compelling that. argument. We're going to watch it on this break. It's okay. so good. Um, blows your mind. Anyways, Bong Joon-ho doing cool stuff. So if for no other reason, support an independent filmmaker out of South Korea, which we don't get a lot of. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. I also would say if I was to invite someone to this, it would be someone- Who would you invite to this? Really anyone who cares about uh, misrepresentation in classes, I think. Sure. Like if you care about fixing the economy, I think it's important to familiarize yourself with these kinds of stories um, that aren't just happening in America, but are happening on a global scale right now. It's tough, of man. That, that constant just gap that's growing mm-hmm. and growing and growing between the rich and the poor. Um, and so this is a really great case uh, or a showcase, I guess, of that happening um, so really anyone who cares about, you know, seeing that change and wants to make a difference. I'd also say anyone that uh, likes foreign films, this is 
by far top five, mm. one of my favorite yeah. foreign films ever made. You ever meet people where you'll, you'll talk about, you'll be talking about factory farming or something and a documentary comes up and that person will be like, oh, I could never watch that. It's too depressing. Yeah. I, I think those people would also have problems with this movie. Definitely. Cause it, it's one of those things that uh, granted a, a factory farming documentary is real footage. Um, but that's not to say that the things that happen in this movie are less real. They're right. just not the exact thing that you're seeing. But it it deals with these real world problems. Like you're saying, you have to be willing to address them or you're going to have some cognitive dissonance issues with being able to watch this movie and appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. I don't think you should go into this movie looking for a light, fun comedy. No. It's definitely black. Yep. Yeah. That feels right. Uh, we're going to go to break. We're going to spoil it when we get back. So if you haven't seen it, pause the show. Go see it, and we'll talk to you on January 15th. Uh, and if you don't care and you just want to hear us talk about it some more, stick around. Yeah, if you're not totally sold and want to hear a little more. Yeah, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in need of some delicious food, beer, wine, cocktails, and maybe even a gift card to sneak under the tree for Christmas, you should go down and check out the Handlebar right here in Chico, California. It's a great place to eat. It's a great place to drink. It's a great place to bring your family. And they have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. You get a dollar off all their draft beers. Again, seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. That's the Handlebar right here in Chico at 2070 East 20th Street. Take your family down. Take your friends down. Take yourself down. Don't forget, they've got gift cards. So give the gift of the Handlebar this holiday season. It was actually Johnny's idea. This is the danger. This zone. is the danger zone. It's like we've all just seen the movie. We've come out of the theater, and we're going to talk about it. Um, for those of you that haven't seen it, we are going to try to set up some scenes if, if necessary. Yeah, we're not going to go out of our way for you. Sorry, but a little, but maybe, like not maybe a, ton. a little. But no, Johnny's. A, it was Johnny's idea to have sort of. I mean, it was my idea to have this area, but we didn't name it until Johnny thought of it. Um, because he would always sing it like he was Kenny Loggins. The highway to ah, the dangers, yeah. and he would always be like, dangers. Okay, like, what are you doing, there. man? Um, but it was back. Um, I don't know why. Is that a missed opportunity for you guys? I think it's a it's a good opportunity that we are not going to get sued over now. Good point. I thought about just like recreating it myself, but I don't. I didn't. So here we are. It's a nod to. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought I was under the impression for a long time that my like mom listened to my podcast. I don't know why I thought that, but I, maybe I asked her to, and she's like, oh, we'll see. Um, and to her, hearing swear words is like poison in her ears. Do we swear a lot on here? Johnny swore a lot on here. We I both do tell. sometimes. Like We haven't said anything at all today. I've got a hyper-awareness because of the first couple years we did this podcast. I would either, uh, I would just basically bleep it. So I tried to, we had an agreement that basically the first, uh, at the time, like half of the show, we were swear free. And then we'd give everybody a warning with mothers or kids. Be like, nah, all right, you, you know, it's loose. And now like I'm older and I don't, I don't care. I, I'm not around kids all that much yeah. or moms that right. care about swearing. Yeah. Uh, and so I think it's just a second nature now. I don't partially you know. also I'm was, sorry. I'm fine. sorry, mom, <laughs> moms. <laughs> um, it was it, cause it's not the most natural thing to talk about things. Um, in a cohesive and coherent way. So people tend to fill that space with, with a like or a fuck or like yeah. whatever it might be. So it was also a tool to sort of convince ourselves to talk more eloquently 
good, to talk good argument. To yeah. talk gooder. Talk gooder. Uh, it's for you, mom. You asked. So yes, we made the Moms. danger zone thing for that purpose. I love that story. And now it doesn't matter. Now it just signifies spoilers in the movie. Yes. Which I think is probably for the best. Yeah. Speaking but we're allowed much, to cuss now, right? Cuss whenever you want. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention. Uh, all right. So let's talk about stuff. We want to talk about... You, you listed a couple things. Why don't you start us yeah, off? Yeah. So uh, a couple things... I mean, they're more just expansions of what we've already been talking about, the class disparity, how uh, significant moments in the film. But, of course, we have to spoil it to talk about it. So here we are. Here we are. Uh, one thing I did love, love, love about this film was the constant uh, conversation of respect. So even in these moments, so you have this guy living in the basement that you find later in the film uh, who should just be just angry at everyone, angry at life, trapped in this prison. Yep. Uh, and for him, he's actually thankful. He's made a good situation about it. And he even do- makes a point of like serving the uh, lead, you know, the father the of the, yeah. uh, the Park family yeah. um, by like automatically turning on the lights. <laughs> so um, funny. He over and over again. Like uh, that, it's, you're so creeped out in that moment because he's the husband of the old housekeeper who yeah. gets fired. And then you go find him, and then he freaks out. He's like, shush, shush, I got to do this. And he like slams his head up against the wall on these light sensors to uh, go in time with Mr. Park getting home. And you're like so confused as a viewer, but also that's physical comedy that is very funny. It was a really funny scene. And totally, it's a very dramatic scene where they're fighting, they're bickering, and then yeah. all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he stops this whole fight and goes and does his what he considers his duty right. to thank the Park family for... Uh, providing for him unknowingly yeah unknowingly uh and so there was there was two things I, I picked up in that is one is the fact that uh there's these signs of respect like hey you are feeding me you're providing for me i'm living in your home so even though it's miserable like you are providing for me and so i'm thankful respect and so yeah. at the very end of the film he actually dies in front of mr park and he Yelled looks it. up at mr park and says respect like i respect you um, and so I think that there's th- that, that big theme, there's multiple scenes, even, uh, the father of the Kim family, he's sneaking back in the house at the very end. He just committed a murder. Uh, and mm, I mean, yep. and he's sneaking back in the house cause he has nowhere else to go. He's going to go hide in the basement and he takes off his shoes Oh yeah, and he's carrying his shoes. And I just like paused in that moment watching and he, he literally hates this guy. He, he killed him. He hates him. Sure. Uh, and he still takes the moment of showing his respect to the house, to the culture, to the, I don't know. It, it seemed like, okay, you're in the middle of running away from a murder. You're <clears throat> going to stop and take off your shoes before going in the house. And it, it seemed like respect overall over everything else was, is just such an important, I don't know. All right. I'm going to push it, back. It just touched, I'm going to push back real quick. Me. Go for it. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, we, we talked about, I said that we meet some new characters. I love, I just took that sentence from something you talked about and made it about me. I was like, mm-hmm. you said earlier, by the way, I was saying that we, <laughs> we meet some new, it is about what you're saying. We met some new characters and it kind of forces us to ask the question about what is necessary um, and what is morally excusable. Yeah. And those characters are obviously the, the old housekeeper and her husband living below. I think you're on point. Old, the husband down, the banana guy. Jinsi. Jinsi. We're going to yeah. scratch all we, these names. We're, we're so just sorry. uncultured. We don't know Korean. Korean. We're I'm, sorry. We're not, I'm, I'm just I've sorry. been avoiding them. I'm saying Jinsei. Okay. You can, hey, find me on Instagram. There Kevin you go. Stamps. <laughs> Here's the plug. And tell me how to pronounce these Perfect. names, please. But until then, it, it's Jinsei. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm confident in it. Fair. Jinsei. So he's, and he's given all the praise to Mr. Park, who doesn't know he's down there. He's living a shitty life, but he's thanking them. The other side, the Kims, are the opposite. Yeah. They they have 
as far as they're concerned, more than enough. They have stable jobs now with people that seem nice enough, very rich, but enough money that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And they keep going for more and more. It's interesting you thought or your read of it was that he took off his shoes out of respect. I thought he was trying to cover his tracks. Oh. I thought he took off his shoes because like they were probably bloody or something. And he just took him off to go down to the basement to hide. That that could be an argument for it, totally. I just feel like they brought it up so many times where every time they walked into the house, shoes were off, slippers were on. Uh, it was very much this this common thing that just happened in every house. So even when the rich uh, college student shows up in the semi-basement that's nasty, he takes off his shoes and you hear his little mm-hmm. feet like pattering on it. And I, in that moment, I thought... Oh, gross. Like yeah. you took off your shoes in this really nasty, mm-hmm. just fumigated house. The ground's probably really dirty. And there's even a scene where uh, uh, Daddy Kim is yep. sliding across the floor. You get a shot yeah. of his feet and they're disgusting. They're yep. just black. Oh, sure. That's um, it. Yeah. But there's still this like, I'm in your house. I'm Did the Kims ever take off their shoes for that purpose? You know, I don't. I, can't I never remember. got that vibe. I can't remember. It was always the the lower class um, people taking off their shoes when in someone else's. No, house. sorry, that's what I meant. So, the Kims, yeah, yeah. I just, I, I never remember them taking off their shoes voluntarily in I, the parks. I, I remember it specifically when uh, he's going into the house for the first time. Uh, he's walking. Uh, he's getting shown around mm-hmm. uh, by Moon Gwang, the um, the old house, the old housekeeper. Uh, and he takes off his shoes. He puts on his slippers, just like very common. This is like, there's a stack of slippers that you put on when you walk in. Uh, and then for the rest of the film, I, I think just because I never take off my shoes when I come home, yeah. I have dogs, it's a messy house, yeah. whatever. Sorry. Uh, different culture. Um, that, that, that stood out to me so much. And then for the rest of the film, I was just watching their feet and everyone, you know, had their shoes off and their, their house slippers on. That is interesting. I, I guess I thought that he was probably just, they were taking, they were holding up appearances. I thought, mm. And when the the people aren't around, when the parks aren't around, there's that whole sequence before, uh, what you say, Moon, Moon Gwang? Moon Gwang. Okay. Comes back, they're just trashing their place. There's there's no That's respect true. for them yeah. at all, Good unless point. they're around to watch to pay them, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to stick by, I think that he came back, took off his shoes so he could hide more effectively. I also don't think he hated the parks. I think he got like that final nose plugging was just too much. He just finally snapped. He couldn't do it, yeah. And, and I, you can tell I think he regrets it right away. Right. But it's just one of those losses of control where you just, you snap. Yeah. Similar to what- Which we haven't actually created. talked about. And have we talked about the plugging of the nose yet? Not really. I mean, we touched on it briefly, but- Yeah, so I think there's there's this uh, thing that happens, uh, this plot point, I guess, throughout the film where they're, they're constantly, the Park family's constantly referring to the Kim family's smell, specifically mm-hmm. the dad's. Uh, that he smells bad. Yeah, we mentioned the yeah. the boiled radishes yeah, and boiled rags. I'm trying yeah. to remember specifically the line. <laughs> it, and yeah. every time they mention his smell, like he smells his clothes and mm-hmm. he, he can't even pick up on it. He right. doesn't know. He's just so familiar with it, I guess. Um, but it's one of those things in one of the scenes I was talking about earlier is they are trying to save their home from flooding and from sewage yes. water that's coming out of the the toilet it's flowing down the street it's all sewage water they make a point to say it they're swimming in it Mm -hmm. and then the next morning they sleep in a gym that night and then the next hundreds of other people by the way they're called to work and so they just grab clothes out of a pile and go to work and i'm thinking you have to cancel going to work you smell yeah it's terrible crap yeah it's it's bad uh and they still you know manage to put everything together um and the whole time though i'm thinking if i was the park you know dad uh the father 
I would be probably smelling this guy that's very close to me, the Kim um, father, and and thinking he smells like sewage. I mean, it's really gross. You got to assume it's worse. Obviously, after literally swimming in sewer water. Yeah. Oh, so much worse. Yeah. And so, um, but and, then yeah. I think in the moment we were talking about respect, like uh, the the Junsei character comes out from the basement, goes on this killing spree, falls over, dies, and then the Park father, Mister Park, comes in to grab his keys from under him, moves him over, and just like this guy smells yeah. so bad. Obviously, he hasn't showered in like thirty years or something, or how yeah, long sure. it's been. Um, but that's what causes him to flip is that yep. there's this just clean yourself up. Like, this is so gross. Like, I can't even be around you. Yeah. You're so awful. And I don't, I don't actually think it's a matter of cleaning. Like, I mean, on paper it probably is, but it's more this distinction between them. Like, yeah. there's just something different and so gross putting. about you yeah. that I can't even stand to be around you, basically. Yeah. But it's even tougher because this guy, and he does Park doesn't know it, but, like, basically worships him. Oh, like, yeah. he prays to Park yeah. from the basement. Yeah. And it's like that extra level of disrespect going the other way is yeah just enough to set off and the smell thing is just yeah it, it just snaps him and i think that's the thing that i kind of wrestled with uh as i was watching this film because as someone who is a middle class american yeah i have everything i need sure. i don't really suffer in any way uh and so i went back and forth between judging the park family for mistreating this lower class. Okay. And also agreeing with the Park family and saying, oh, I bet he really does smell. Okay, right but now, here's and the I thing. I would not be able to handle having a driver sure. that stunk. Like so I would hate it too. Let him use your shower. I, oh, You're yeah, a rich no, ass absolutely. family. Like, if it's that big of a problem, but you've would got you? Some, would sure. you or would you go out of your way to just not mention it well, because you don't want to make a you don't want to cross the line. That's the other thing. Like <laughs> I brought the, bad, it's in the every time somebody gets fired, it's clear the parks are not the most honest or confrontational people. Just they're quietly like, do it. We're gonna make, make an excuse and like we'll just let them go. So no, they're not gonna bring it up, but no. but you could have you could have been decent and just like hey but that's 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 like a comment on me like how many times have i just um, maybe avoided someone because they smell weird or like for sure i don't know maybe but, maybe I, it's my own morality and and conscience yeah but it's people that probably you're not hiring yeah, true like true. if if you're hiring and that's the point they don't look at their they don't look at the, the parks don't look at the kims like people necessarily or any of their help they're just like we'll get another we'll get another one and another one if that one doesn't work we'll get another one so i don't think they're going to go out of their way to just consider that these people smell because they have bad lives right they just smell because they're poor and that's how poor people smell and that yeah. sucks but we'll get over it people because we need our laundry way. done yeah like, i appreciate you defending my uh <laughs> i got you buddy <laughs> if i ever had a guy that drove me around i would offer just my give him a shower it's fine you do that right <laughs> uh <laughs> uh i had something else too um oh let's see where was it oh how many uh how many levels below the parks do the kims live 15 like staircases. a lot of them. Yeah. That, the whole scene of this film is uh, a world literally built on top of itself. Yes. There's so many stairs. There's so many hills that whenever you're going to the park house, the rich family, you're walking up a flight of stairs. A and number a hill, of flights, yeah. And then a driveway and then another pair of stairs or set of stairs. And, when, and, and there is a scene where they're running home yep. from – the park rich family to back to their semi basement. And they, I think they did. I want to count now. I think it was it five. Was, it was, I felt like 15. Yeah, it did. It was so many staircases and yep. then they go down the subway and then they go down the hill and then they walk down another set of stairs and then they go down another hill, mm -hmm. uh, only to find that their basement is flooded. And so this is really the, 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 
the changing from comedy to drama in my eyes is they go from enjoying this beautiful, you know, rainstorm in yeah. this rich home drinking whiskey and watching it fall in the on the backyard to rushing home down the stairs to save their home from sewage water that's flooding their home. And where you see rich people enjoying the storm and it's kind of mm-hmm. nice, it cleans up the air, they have a garden party, the other family is sleeping in a gym that night because they have yeah. they were displaced. That's the it's one of the craziest juxtapositions in the whole movie. It's that you're you're prepping for this impromptu party. Mm-hmm. And at one point once the party starts, Kevin says from an upper story window like all these people just look so good and they're so put together and this was just on the fly and here that this is how these people live. Yeah. Um, and then you get the call a few minutes earlier when they're in the gym with all these refugees at this point, like, Hey, we're gonna have a party. Can you come work? We'll pay you extra. Yeah. And like people are starving or dying probably from septic poisoning, sepsis, yeah. uh, just a crazy thing when they're in the basement though, to come back to the, uh, sort of the morality of the Kims and the, uh, the old housekeeper and her husband, there's shots specifically designated to the Kims trying to save all of their stuff in their home and the husband trying to save his now concussed wife in mm-hmm. the basement of the Parks house. Yeah. Like the priorities become very clear. And I think it goes hand in hand with the amount of respect that those two families respectively feel for the parks. Some is not at all. Yeah. Uh, is very, yeah, interesting. Yeah. And, and really even like the semi basement wasn't even the worst because there was someone later revealed in the film, Jinsei, that was literally living in a total basement. They didn't even have that little bit of light. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were fighting off, you know, sewage while he was watching his wife die in front of him, essentially. And so it really shows really three different tiers of, you know, classes happening all at the same time, Mm -hmm. um, which was really... uh, I mean, and it's kind of interesting the way... I mean, I don't think they happened all at once, but within that kind of whole scenario you have uh the rich family enjoying like sexual behavior on the we gotta couch, talk about that which was just this like ah oh, we're pleasurable we get to sleep on the couch we get to watch a storm we're comfortable i didn't, I it, didn't it was it was thrown in there it definitely did but it, it was very much like we have the luxury of doing this was the the thought i walked away with you can correct me if you think something else was going on okay. there uh, but then you also have like the this survive. I don't know. It, it felt like survival versus leisure. That was always my oh for the sure. framework of of how I was watching it from that that storm on. I kind of want to explore the idea of like the microcosm of different parasitic relationships in this movie. We have to. It's the title. And and yeah. And what made me think of it just now is that weird sex scene on the couch. Did I warn you in time, by the way? When just, you text- <laughs> just. Oh my gosh. It came. I was like, there's no way he right. was warning me about this because you texted me maybe seconds before it happened. Right. You're like, it's about to get weird. Yeah. And I was like, interesting. And then he immediately started touching her and I was like, ah, that was too fast. <laughs> yeah. So you, I, I watched this after, in my room. after my show last night and I texted you about 10 minutes into me starting. I was like, hey, have you watched it yet? And you're like, I'm watching it now and i said how far are you and you said they're hiding under a table yeah. i said it's about to get weird and you said thanks for that and it does it get really weird. did like right then so there's a sex scene it's not a sex scene it's not but it is at they the same stage time. fully clothed you can, there's no nipples fine well there's like there's a, some a nipples implied. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm gonna get really specific about how yeah. non-sexual right. it was, well, it was sexual it was the opposite sex. way fair enough um the way that this scene is initiated Let's let's say the parks are all, or the Kims are hiding under this table. The parks come home from a camping trip early, so the Kims are scrambling. They've been destroying this house, drinking all their drinks and eating all their food. Then the two parks are on the couch, mom and dad, 
the boy goes out and camps in the backyard in his teepee. Then Papa Park decides he's feeling frisky and just starts rubbing his wife's nipple. Yep. Through her satin, very comfy looking. Yeah, clockwise. She specifies. uh, Pajamas. Um, I do want some silk pajamas after this movie. Just seen them strut around in their luxury. But maybe that's, you know, that's capitalism speaking through me. I don't need it. Um, Anyways, it's a weird scene, obviously. I, I don't know who that was like maybe that's what they're into but i kind of got the vibe that she is getting something from him that is just she mentioned she mentions drugs which is so out of the blue she's like buy me drugs buy me more drugs i thought it was it was like uh or i'm trying to think of the best way to say this but uh like turning a kind of down on the luck situation of the 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 one thing that they judged the the previous driver for, like turning it into this like erotic fantasy. Okay, I could see that too. Like, oh, like let's wear that underwear and let's like do. Yeah, drugs. that's true. And I just want to like remember that all that stuff that we said was dirty. Yeah, it's so dirty. Like, let's let's think about it in a dirty way. Like, okay, that works actually. That's probably better than what I was going to be like. Well, she's she's the parasite for him. She she makes him give her drugs, and then he, he's he's a parasite to the to the company he works for. Everybody's sucking on each other's teats. Of, of yeah, parasites. I would say yeah, I would push back on that. Yeah, in fair. the argument that I think that the word parasite is t- the title of the movie very specifically because most people view lower class citizens and their. Uh, will to survive. That's so dramatic, but I feel true in this state. Um, as a parasitic nature of God, just just do differently in life. That's not so annoying to the rest of us. You know, stop smelling and stop yeah. stealing and stop trying to scavenge your way. Like, just be a normal citizen in the world, and we'll all be happier. You know, you're such a you know you're always leeching on us. We always think that lower class citizens are leeching. You know. Um, yeah, it comes back to the thing that I was saying. Just to be clear, you're saying most people feel this way. I think that's how you started that sentence. I think so. Really? I, I don't I think hate most people that. do. I think, that, I think we a either, lot of people do. I think. Okay, I think I'm speaking in regards to the political climate today. Fair enough. You know, so they took our jobs. <laughs> they took our. They, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it is yes. that basically. Yes, it's like, exactly that. Although maybe not. Maybe not exactly because you're almost like. They're not doing jobs. They literally took the jobs or, yeah. in this movie. They yeah, took that's the true, jobs. actually. Yeah. So this is just a South Park skit, this whole movie. <laughs> I think that's what that's from. Could be. It's it's weird how how comedic this film is in regards to how I don't know, politically poignant it is. That's the other thing. Yeah. Like we mentioned Trump earlier. It's, you know, hard hard not to, I think. Um, in a lot of even like knives out, we cover that. They they bring a lot of movies are bringing up Trump lately. Hmm. Cause I think he's kind of running the world. He's, he's, he's having a good, it. he's having a good couple years. He actually is leader. He's in charge of a lot. He's worth uh, talking about. Yeah. For better or worse. Tomorrow's a big day for him though. Let's not, we'll let's not taint happens. it. Yeah. Um, it's December 17th. If in case anybody wants to check that timestamp, yeah. what we, whatever. Google, Google. This will go down in history. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. What's his name? Trump. Yeah. <laughs> that one guy. Uh, Google Trump tomorrow. Papa Donald. Or on the 18th. Trump, <laughs> December 18th. See what, see what comes up. Okay. Kevin, what's your best plan in life? What? What's your best plan oh, in life? Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at here. Uh, mm. I'm glad. <laughs> okay, great question. I, usually my plans in life have always included getting a nice job, making more mm, money, going to college. Got it. Mine, since you asked, is no plan at all. 
If you make a plan, life never works out that way. With no plan, nothing can go wrong. If things spin out of control, it doesn't matter. Interesting philosophy. You said that in such a sing-songy way in comparison to how it was said. That's true. I don't know how it was said. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot sadder. Yeah, it's true. Anyways, it's a great scene. And I thought of, I spent, I was telling you this before we started today, I was spending like 20 minutes trying to find that clip online just so I could drop it in. And then I remembered it's in Korean and no one's going to understand it. Yeah, we might still drop it in. I think it could be fun. It's still fun. Uh, so maybe here's that clip. <laughs> Um, anyways, it's, it's a, it's a poignant moment because it says so much about the, the mentality of this family. It's all been very day to day, whatever we can do to survive. And that, this proves that it's like, nope, just whatever. We're just going to survive. See what happens. Yeah. That's I will intense. say that throughout my entire life, I've always had a plan for my life, whether it's a one year, five year, 10 year, 25 year plan of where I see myself. Uh, and for the most part, that's just kind of happened. It's it, for the most part, almost everything has come true or has been very easily attained. Um, sure. Growing up just in a middle-class white America, mm -hmm. um, which I think is what makes this line so poignant is because they're saying this with the reality that they've just kind of given up on good things because most often they don't happen. Yep. Very sad. Yeah. But also again, like I'm not rooting for them by the end. Really? I am. I was rooting them from, I was rooting for them from the beginning. Did you ever stop? End. I never stopped. Really? Not once in the movie did I ever stop rooting for them. I am. I felt yeah. guilty on the, on behalf of them for what they were doing. Yeah, but but I would it. argue that if I, lived in their scenario and I had the opportunity that they had and I saw the success that they had in that opportunity, I would milk it till I died. Okay, here's my problem. Maybe a few short scenes later. Fair. Here's my problem. They kick the old housekeeper down the stairs. I would She's do the same thing. clearly got a that, problem. That was exactly, I, I okay. cheered for her but as keep going. happened. Then she has a concussion. Okay. She's bleeding from the head. I, I, they I would, lock the door I and leave her down there. Her. Would, would you really? Her. If I was in that situation, yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm you, thinking. No. I'm, I'm trying to really put myself in their situation. Sure. Here is someone like I have like I have fought for scraps my whole life. I've lived in a semi-basement my whole life. There is a possible future where if we just keep the status quo, we might actually have a somewhat decent life. We can live out of the sewage. Like this girl's already screwed. Like she's got a concussion. She might not already make it. And her whole plan is to take what's mine. I sound so terrible right now. I don't care. Uh, you got into this mindset very easily. <laughs> I did. It's too easy. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible person. Um, but I'm defending them. I am. I'm defending them because, uh, like I just, I see like you're so close to attaining something you've always, you never thought was possible. Uh, and then, and then there's this obstruction. Like that's how I saw it through their eyes. But that's I don't how think that's... anyone should be an obstruction. I don't agree with this behavior on a yeah. personal level. I'm not going to go kill someone to get a better job. But in regards to, I'm, I constantly, I immediately stepped into the mindset of it's if it's kill or be killed. It's survive or or it's either you get the job or they get the job. Like they made that very clear from the beginning of the film. No, here's why. Here we go because. They've already fired that lady. She's not getting her job back. She has tuberculosis as far as they're concerned. I, I lost – they fell out of favor for me, the Kims did, when they left her to die. 
you don't have you can have it both ways. You can keep the job and not be a murderer. I think I think that's I think that's privileged mentality. I don't think that it is that way. I think Well No, sorry, I'm just I was that was me raising my eyebrows to something and nothing in the background uh, but like okay. I think I, I honestly think, especially from the plan line, is to assume that something good, like the fact that they were so willing to get rid of the previous help for such slight things, of course, in the back of their mind constantly, and maybe forever if they were to continue to have that job, they would be thinking at any moment someone's going to come and try and take this from me. And in no way, yeah. in no <clears throat> way is that, you know, uh, the first housemaid going to just come up the stairs and say, sorry, you know, they have the job. Like she's going to fight till the, till to death to get her job out, to get her job back and that family out of the house. Okay. Especially now that she knows that they're a needy family that's schemed to get there. All right. I will say you're correct. Definitely. But I don't, that doesn't justify the death. I don't think you should be as a viewer. I don't think we should put ourselves in their shoes. Cause I, I think yeah. there should be some sort of, um, I don't know, humanity bar. Like, like if you showed me a doc, never mind. <laughs> I will say, I will say this. This is very much a descriptive story of as it is, not as it should be. I don't think there is any like prescriptive, hey, do this if this happens to you. Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't think, I don't, I don't justify their behavior at all. I don't recommend their behavior. But then you at have all. to condemn it. I don't you can't condemn root for it. Them. I just see it as a state in which that we are in and, and, and I want to fix the situation. I don't want to fix the individual or the action that caused that. That was reacted a, to it. Yeah. But I think the bigger issue was the situation, not necessarily the individual actions that happened. But I the actions those are, are reaction to the situation. Yes. But that, you can't be, you can't dislike one and not the other. I yeah. mean, you, you, you can, I just think it's inconsistent. Sure. I, like I, th- I think I understand where they're at and I still think they're, they're not, they are wrong They're But I also think that's what, they think they have to do. Yeah. Hitler believed he had to kill all the Jews. I get that he thought that. Way to just go right there. Look, man, you said this movie <laughs> and Jojo Hitler, Rabbit. There you go. And, and like, but it doesn't change the fact that that is wrong. I understand yeah. that's how he but thought he, he had to behave. I mean, he might have been, but I don't think, I don't think Hitler was like a, a product of his time. Are you saying he was ahead of his person. time or no, I'm just saying he was just an evil entity. Like, yeah. I don't know. He just tried to take advantage of a bad situation, not, not get out of a bad situation. He tried to take advantage of a situation that he could rise and prosper in, okay. which is what like, the Kins did. I'll step back and All just right. say like death is killing someone for any form of gain is not an ideal situation. Fair enough. But this was a split second decision. This wasn't like cold murder. This okay. was like, she's eh, running up the stairs. The kick was she's for sure. Going, she was no, I'm specifically talking about the kick. I'm talking about the aftermath of the kick. Oh, that's fair. Letting yeah. her die. <laughs> Letting her die, yeah. That's that's where I draw the line. It's like, okay, but, okay, I'm not on your team Let's anymore. play this out. When, at what point in the movie do they pause this whole, like, running, scheming, hiding, cleaning mm-hmm. situation that they're in to go and take care of the girl that's dying down there? Well, this is the other thing that I found so fascinating. The I, first person that was actually able to make it down there. Was the kid, got, Kevin. Got punched in the face. Hit with a rock. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, well... That we had a whole night go by, right? Like, that's the thing about this basement, which is also just we could just obviously it's a metaphor for poverty. Mm-hmm. You are literally locked in a basement. You can't get above a certain level. That's very interesting. But also, you can though, because if you take it out of the metaphor just a little bit, 
there's a fucking door there. Anybody could have gone down and be like, hey, oh, you have a concussion. Let me help you real quick. Look, I understand we're fighting right now. I can help you get to a hospital, though. We don't have to trap you in this basement until you die. Then have your husband go crazier than he's already been and murder everybody. Yeah. There's a, there's just like an eight-hour, seven or eight-hour window, depending on how much sleep you get every night, where you can save that person. Okay, now, now I will say, if you, the viewer, have an opinion you keep about saying this, viewer. I would love to say this. Yeah, I guess it's not the listener. <laughs> You know, if staring. you the listener, yeah, yeah, the viewer of your phone, <laughs> have an opinion on this, that, that time bar move forward. Yeah, right. Second by uh, second. That listener yeah. has an opinion on this. I actually do want to hear it. So do so I. Reach out to. I want to hear if you think I'm right. Max. If you think Kevin's right, don't tell me. Because <laughs> cause it's, because no. It's, I'm so curious. Yeah, yeah, I am curious. I'm, yeah. So. That is interesting though. That's an interesting. I'm glad that this, quandary. this movie cause this discussion and i hope more people in the world have this discussion after watching this movie ghost it's a good one it's a good conversation to have about this anything else you want to talk about i think that i mean i mean this this whole conversation and i hope you the listener have heard this as much and and really do i really want you to go see this yeah for the sake of how how timely it is so no matter where you live in the world fair go go this is fresh hop cinema we uh would love to hear from you like kevin just said you can reach out all the places that i listed at the top um you have another oh that's important to say i should I'll, maybe i'll drop this into the top too but um tuesday which is today is usually our regular episode um that regular episode is still coming it'll just be on friday uh johnny will be back in your holes as well um in the meantime uh, if you haven't given us a rating or a review on itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts that'd be super sweet um that's kevin and sam's my name is max minardi without bailey minardi the show wouldn't be possible um kevin where can't people find you you can find me on oh. <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Kevin Andy Stamps. I check it every now and again. Uh, Facebook, I hate to say it, that's probably the most common thing I'm on. Yeah. And Twitter, I am on Twitter. I've Since been checking when? it. I've been checking it. I don't post, but okay. I'll get your message. Uh, Kevin Andy Stamps on all of those things. Great. Do that. Let us know uh, stuff. And we'll we'll see you another time. Thanks for listening. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.